0: Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come fill us again and again and again. Hey, I want to welcome you this morning and say to you that I really am thankful that you're here. And I know we have our children in here with us, and I know we're a little bit crowded, but hey, that's not a bad thing, you know. Um, it's, we're a little bit crowded, and that's because, you know, normally, traditionally, uh, the crowds are very low right after New Year's. But you guys have showed out up in here this morning, and uh, you got up and you said, I'm going to start this new year off. Uh, this way, and I'm so thankful that you did. So we're going to make a place for you. Uh, we've got some room in overflow, and so, so I think they're kind of just adjusting that way and helping us right now. So uh, if you have a seat on your row that's empty, if you would slide into that so they can see at the end of your row. And I can see them out there, so I don't want to like, start like, pointing at people. If you're just—yeah, there we go. All right, so that was a little uncomfortable, but here we go. So this morning, if you have your Bible, I want you to grab it, and I want you to take it out and open it up or turn it on, whatever version you use, all right? And if you'll join me this morning in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter number three. Uh, yes, listen, uh, as we get started in that, let me just, let me say, no, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, there's a little fake you there, see. Uh, if I had to tell you, as you're turning to Hebrews 10 now, why I said Philippians chapter three is because I have wrestled with those two passages, and really I wanted to preach them both, and I, and I kinda almost started to just preach both of them. Because there's not another group coming in, you know, after you. And I've got, we're going to lock the doors in behind you where you can't get out. And uh, no, I'm only, I'm only joking with you this morning. Um, I really did though. I wrestled, I prayed, I've been really wrestling with those two pastors. So just know that Wednesday night, Philippians 3 will be coming. And uh, I, if I can wait that long uh, before getting it to you. So this morning, uh, if you will, Hebrews chapter number 10, Hebrews 10. And we're going to start in verse number, if you'll find with me, verse number 19, all right? Verse number 19, Hebrews 10 and verse number 19. We, we looked at it just, just mildly, if you will, uh, at, the, at the couple's night on, on Friday night. And so, I wanna speak for just a minute because I know we have a lot of our children in the room with us, and I wanna say to you guys, I am so glad that you're here. Uh, that means to me, it's what it says to the preacher, it says that your mom and daddy love you and they want you to be under the preaching of God's word. And that, that is, you, you, you won't know now because you're young, but as you get older, you'll figure out that's one of the greatest expressions of love that your mom and daddy could ever do for you is to bring you to church and to uh, have you in your Sunday school classes and, and to be in the preaching of the word. I mean, it, they love you and they've got you here. Now, what I want you to do, because I, I need you to help me, and you've heard me say this before, but I need you, all the little people in the room, younger people in the room to look at me for a minute. Okay, will y'all look at me? I'm kind of looking in the eyes. And this is what I need you to do. I'm being serious. Um, your parents have been really busy and your grandparents, they've been busy. They've been doing all kinds of stuff and they've been eating too much. And so what happens is they're going to get sleepy, okay? And they probably stayed up later than they were supposed to last night. Their bedtime, you know. They were, they, so kids, will y'all, will y'all help me with that? Check mom and dad's eyes every once in a while. grandma, granddad, whoever you're with, check their eyes because I'm telling you, we fake it well. You know, they can sit straight up and have their eyes closed. So every once in a while, check them. You know, listen, pay attention, but just check them because I don't want them to miss it today. Also, Dustin, did you get that picture for me, Dustin? Can you put that on the overhead for a minute? Uh, if you'll notice, this picture that Dustin's about to pop up for me, and, and by the way, I'm so thankful for Dustin and our media team. Why don't y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for them this morning? Um, because a lot of times the preacher is like right at the last minute, and, uh, and I'm sitting up here and the Holy Ghost just put this on my heart. We're going to be able to do that? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. All right. All right. So it's going to come over here in just a second. And while, that, and while we wait on that, I'm just going to talk a little bit, okay? Um, I want you guys to draw me what you hear. Can you do that? Most of you have a picture or something to write on. And so now you got a lot to do, but you're, you're young. And I believe, I believe you can do it. I believe you can check mom and dad. I believe you can listen to the preacher and draw what you hear all at the same time. Now I can't do that, I'm getting old. But you guys can do that, all right? I believe you can. So I don't think we're gonna be able to get that, are we? I'm gonna have to move on. All right, so I want y'all to get that, to draw me a picture based on what you hear today, okay? And there are gonna be three things that we talk about today that you could put into some kind of picture. Maybe you could draw yourself into it, draw your parents into it, but if you will do that, that will help me tremendously. Now let's move on. Here's what I want you older folk to do. Take a few notes as we go through uh, today. Let the new year be a new year, a new beginning. Do something different, all right? Here's what I've learned. If we do the same thing and over and over again and, and try to expect something to be different, uh, that's the, defi- the definition of that is, Insanity, that is insanity's definition. So, let's do something small different, like take some notes. So, we say that he's the master teacher. We want to be master students. We forget very easily. So, just jot down the main things that you hear. Most importantly, the scriptures that go along with it, okay? Will you do that? All right, so here we go. Let's dive in. Philippians, boy, look at me. I'm going to have to swap. I think I'm going to have to swap. Preach philippians 3. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. The title of our message is Critical and Continuing Steps in Living the Mission. Very important steps, and they have to be continued. Uh, Any of you ever put something together without looking at the instructions? It sort of rings, I see some of y'all just sort of wince there in pain. It probably happened during this Christmas season and what have you. Uh, I was always one that could look at something, well, in my mind, and go by the picture. You know, I'm going to just go by the box top, and, and it never seemed to work out as smoothly as when I would just you know, take the directions and go by them. Uh, so today, there are going to be some steps in, in the theme of this year, which is, listen, to live the mission. This year, our theme is what God placed on my heart for us as a gathering is to live the mission. Now, let me tell you, let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, when COVID hit, I, I would say about us that in the past, we've been a very mission-minded church, okay? Now, when I say mission-minded, some of y'all are thinking overseas. Some of y'all are thinking, you know, and so let me clarify Missions is when you are living out the mission of making disciples. Uh, it's to be done here. It's to be done across the street. It's to be, go- to be done in Rankin County and the surrounding counties. It's to be done in Mississippi. It's to be done in the United States of America. Are you with me? It's to be done uh, on, on the whole earth. Everywhere that people reside, the mission is to be lived out. Okay, does that make sense to you? All right, now you may be called here, there, or you know what have you, but, but none is better uh, some people will say, well, I don't know why we're going over there, because we got hungry people right here. Well, uh, we're supposed to be doing both and, not either or. Most of the time, here's what I've learned, the people who say that aren't doing either. Yeah. <laughs> wow, can you believe I just said that right in the beginning of our time together? So, the mission, living the mission, what is the mission? If I was to make it simple for you, you're gonna hear this so much this year, that it's when you go to sleep, you're gonna hear it, when you wake up, you're gonna hear it, and hopefully, hopefully, the Spirit of God is gonna empower you to live it, to do it. Not just to hear it, but to do it, okay? So, uh, living the mission is to make disciples. It's simply to make disciples. Now there's a lot that goes into that, how we do it, right? It's meeting needs, it's ministering to people, it's mission projects, it's sharing the gospel, it's sharing our testimony, it's, it is uh, taking our arm and putting around somebody and discipling them. It's all of that. Y- y'all with me, give me a little head nod. Okay, now that was a lot, but, but there it is. Nicely packaged, really quickly, okay? So that is living the mission. Here's my question for you as we get started. How did you do on living the mission of making disciples in 2023? Uh, it's over just yesterday. You know, I mean, just at midnight, it's over. So, so based on 2022, um, if I was to sit down beside you and call your name and just me and you, nobody else listening, say, hey, how many disciples did you make this year? How, how many? Tell me this. Tell me the names of the people you shared your testimony with in 2022. How, who would you tell me? Would it be here? Wife, your husband, your neighbor, your coworker, you know, classmate, friend, uh, would you be able to say to me, you know, hey, I met this guy named John. I don't know the rest of his name, but his name is John. I don't call him a, a, a nobody because I don't know anything about him, but I know his name is John. I should know at least his name because I'm praying for him even after we met at the gas pumps and I shared my story with him. So, living the mission, how'd you do in 2022? Would some of you say that you missed some opportunities? Anybody would be willing to say that in 2022 you missed a few opportunities to make disciples? Okay. Now, some of y'all didn't raise your hand, and I'm going I'm, to—I've got a photographic memory. I'm going to be asking you about that as we go along, okay, uh, the rest of the year. So, we, we would say—and I, I raised my hand—missed I missed some opportunities this year. Some of us would say I missed—how many of us would raise your hand to say I've missed a lot of opportunities this year? Yeah. Yeah, yep, that's right. Boy, y'all were a lot more honest that time. Thank you. Uh, or maybe participating more. Uh, how about this? How about this? Don't raise your hand here, but just hear me out. Some of us in the room missed every opportunity. Wow. What, what I mean is, with all the resources of El Shaddai, Almighty God, the Spirit, the Word, the church, the Bible, I mean, we didn't make one disciple. We didn't make one disciple. The one thing he said to do is the mission. We didn't do. And so, when there's a little quiet, sobering moment there, all right, but we have a choice to make. Those of us who raised our hand and said we've missed some opportunities. Those of us who raised our hand and said we've missed a lot of opportunities. Those of us who internally just now realize that we missed every opportunity. We have a choice to make. We can. We can do this. We can wallow in that. You ever wallow in something? You know what, what that wallow means? It's like a pig that goes to a slop hole and they just wallow around in it, wallow around in it, wallow around in it. Here's how we do that. We get we we get guilty. We 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 feel shame, we feel bad, horrible, because man, I came in on I, I came to church first Sunday of the year and preacher, first thing he did was tell me that I, you know, I didn't live the assignment at all. I didn't live the mission at all last year. So we can we can wallow in that. We can do that. Well, that's a choice. We have God's given us this thing called free will. But I'm going to tell you something, I've, I've done that some in the past, and it's a horrible way to live. And by the way, that's not the choice that God wants us to make. Or we can look at it, acknowledge it, confess it to God. Okay, God, I did not l- live the mission with some opportunities, with many opportunities, with any opportunities. And today, God, I'm acknowledging that before you, but I don't want to stay there. And so, if I wallow, I'm going to stay there. I'm going to acknowledge that thing, and I'm going to receive the forgiveness that he offers me. And then I'm going to get up, huh? Come on, somebody, out of that slop hole and start living the mission, you know? Learning how to live the mission. And part of that is being here today. See, you've already made a great first step to be gathered with the people of God in order to be encouraged and instructed how you and I can live the mission, okay? So now, with all of that said, I know that was a lot. I want to give you some verses to write down the top of your notes there. Just write them down. If you don't have a lot to write on, maybe you have a napkin or a piece of paper or you're drawing a picture, write this down. Jesus, after he had ascended, uh, oh, excuse me, rose from the dead, just before he ascended, he said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, oh, you're going to hear this verse so many times this year. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the... Holy Spirit. Now, don't just stop there, but also teach them. You see? Put your arm around them and say, now, listen, I don't know everything, but the little I've learned, I want to pass it on to you. And if we all do that, good gracious, what an impact we'll make. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, remember this. Jesus said, here's how you're going to be able to do it. I am with you. With you. Always. So, nobody in the room can say, well, I don't have that gifting, or I don't think I can do that, or I this, or I that, or I'm an introvert, or I, I, because according to Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20, I died. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now the life I live by faith, I live by faith in the Son of God, the one who died for me and gave his life for me. Think about that for a minute. So, that excuse just got kind of snatched out from under me. And now, if I'm living surrendered to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to make Disciples, let me say this to you. Let me pause right here. Here's a little quick intermission word. There are many people who are gathered in this room right now who are feeling, as you look at your life, so unfulfilled. You, you work hard. You play hard. You're a good person, give you the shirt off, off your back. you know. You're, you're, but you just know there's something missing. A portion of you who feel that way are, are lost and separated from God have never been born again. Another portion of those who feel that way have been born again but aren't living the mission. And the same unfulfilled, gnawing, hunting feeling is for both. So, what it says to me today is that I can then choose, one, to let Jesus be the Lord of my life and find fulfillment, or two, if I've already done that, I can invite him to really guide me in the mission and start feeling what it feels like to walk hand in hand with King Jesus. All right, I'm looking around this room at a room full of potential, and I believe some of y'all are gonna quit playing games this year, and you're gonna experience the abundant life that Jesus died for me and you to have. Okay, so now let's dive into the scripture. Somebody said, "Man, that was a long introduction." It was because it's the beginning of the year, and we don't have another group coming in. So, uh, here we go. Okay, now kids, remember, you got your paper ready. You're watching mom and dad. You're listening. You're gonna do three things at once because you're young. The rest of us, we're gonna try to just do one thing: lock in and write down some of what you hear. Okay. All right, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet now, and let's read in honor of reading God's word together. Hebrews, not Philippians, Hebrews, chapter number 10. And I'm going to begin in verse number, if this is okay with y'all. We're gonna cover 19 to 25, but I'm gonna start reading back in 11 because you need a little backdrop, all right? Author of Hebrews, all kind of ideas out there. Uh, I believe it's probably Paul through an intermediate scribe who wrote, but again, there's lots of opinions of who did it. Uh, The audience, though, nonetheless, is certainly those who are threatening to walk away from the faith. Uh, to no longer come to Jesus, but to go back to Judaism. Not, not, not worldly sinful living, but go back to Judaism and be old covenant, and ritual, sacrificial system. That's how they get right with God. And that, listen, friend, is an affront to the cross of Jesus Christ. You'll never be good enough. You can never do enough. You can never give enough. You can never say enough. You can never do anything enough to be saved. You can only fall on the mercy and grace found in the death and resurrection of God's only son, his name is Jesus, okay? So that's what the book is written about. It compares the old covenant and the new covenant. It talks about why the new covenant is so much better, okay? Uh, that being in Jesus' blood. So, little background now. Let's pick up in verse number 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which he can never take away sins. Old covenant. That's how it used to be. But this man, notice the man is capital. You know who he's referring to there? Jesus, after he had offered how many sacrifices? One. It was himself. And he did it for sins, and he did it for how long? Forever. Forever. He sat down at the right hand of God. Why? You, know why? you know when you sit down, it's when the work is finished. You sit down. Remember the greatest saying of Christmas is, it is finished. And so he sits down from the work. Now, verse 13. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected how long? Forever. Who? Those who are being sanctified. Oh, that's one of my favorite verses in all Scripture. This means, now I need you to get this, this means that if you're here today and you are in Jesus Christ, in the eyes of God, you have already been perfected. Hmm, Do you feel that way? When you look in the mirror, do you feel that way? How about when I just ask you to look over 2022 and have you made disciples? Did you feel perfect then? But here, the truth of the gospel is that in Jesus, if you've put your hope and trust in him and given your life over to him, in the eyes of God, he already sees you as, (laughs) some of y'all couldn't even say it. Perfect. He sees you as a finished portrait of perfection because of Jesus. But then he says, who are being sanctified. Oh, so there's a finished work that is ongoing down here. Does that make sense? Finished in heaven, ongoing down here. So being sanctified means down here, little by little, he's making me and you more like Jesus. All right, more like Christ. A little more, how many of you know the Christian life is a process? Yes, you don't just, when you get saved, you don't, boom, you're perfect. No. You begin a journey, and sometimes you take two steps forward and ten steps back. Um, but he is faithful to complete the work, okay? Now, I'm, try- I'm trying to go on. I mean to preach this, but I need to give you some background, okay? So, uh, he goes on to say in verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. This was the Old Testament talking about the New Testament says the lord i will put my laws in their heart and in their minds i will write them forever and he added their sins and their lawless deeds come on somebody help me right here oh god will forget our sins in that day he's talking about the new covenant he was talking ahead about jesus but now you and i are looking behind right jesus already did that Uh, verse number 18 now where there is remission of these there is no longer an offering for sin we don't have to go to the temple and have animal sacrifices anymore because Jesus satisfied that. Are you clear on that? That makes sense to you? Okay, now it's going to help us flow into verse 19. Therefore, all of what we just read, our sins have been forgiven. We've been made perfect in the eyes of God. We're being made perfect down here. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated to us through the the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, he's talking about Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some people but instead exhorting one another as so much more as you see the day. Now, the day is representative of the end of all things, okay, here on earth. The day of his return, the day of uh, God bringing about all the events that will happen to bring this thing to a close. As we see that, and by the way, we see the signs of that happening constantly around us, okay? We should gather more and more and more. All right, let's pray. Will you bow with me for just a moment? God, thank you so much for this group of people who on the first day of the year, with all the things they could be doing, chose to gather in this place in Jesus name. Would you Lord would you honor that? I bless you I bless your name this morning Lord and I pray that you'd help the preacher with all my ramblings and all my inadequacies God and I thank you today that that as I pray that I pray it with boldness because you've already proven you can do it over and over again. So please use me this morning but at the same time God would you also transform me? I need change. And so does every person within the sound of my voice, from the oldest in the room to the youngest. We want you to help us through the preaching of your word now. So help us to hear and to listen and to apply. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus and the people of God said, Amen Amen and amen. Thank you and you may be seated. You may be seated. As you're being seated, I wanna go back to the beginning and if I could this morning, I wanna give you a main idea, okay? Here it is now, it's gonna be short and concise, but we're gonna flesh it out as we go along. Here it is, I want you to write this somewhere. Keep close and be the reason, all right? I just write that down, and you'll, you'll understand it by the time we leave, all right? in An hour and a half or so from now, all right? <laughs> uh, so I have to keep keeping you on your toes there, all right? So, uh, keep close and be the reason. Two things that we're really going to kind of look at, keep close and be the reason. Now, those are going to relate to the theme for the year, and that is to live the mission. How am I, if I didn't do a very good job last year, if back in 2021 I didn't do a very good job, if I go back 10 years ago and I wasn't doing a very good job of, of living the mission, making disciples, how is this year going to be any different? Is it going to be just because I showed up at church uh, the first Sunday of the year, is that going to transform my new year? No, well, you gave yourself a very good opportunity to be here, right? To let the Lord set the tone of your heart and life here. But I want to answer by three things today, okay? And they are, here we go, we're going to dive right into this and we'll kind of keep this thing simple. I'm going to try to be short. Can you believe that? Try to be short, all right? I probably shouldn't even have said that. Uh, Number one, in your notes, write this down. We're talking about keeping close and being the answer, all right? These are critical and continuing steps in living out the mission. They're critical. They have to be in your life, and they have to continue in your life in order to live the mission. Number one, draw near to God. Draw near to God. See, they're going to be simple and concise and straight to the point. Draw near to God. Have you heard that anywhere before? Uh, you've heard that probably 1,577,300, t- right? A- a- at least. And you will continue to hear that until the Lord uh, does something different with me, all right? As long as I'm here, I want that to be the theme of my life. Let me tell you, remember, remind you where that came from. I went to church as a young person with other families, not my own. And I oftentimes would hear a message about a certain sin. The message would be on one sin, and they'd pound that sin and pound that sin. And, and people would say, oh, they call it hellfire and brimstone. When it really wasn't hellfire and brimstone, they just pound us in and pound us in. You feel like you got roughed up when you were in there, you know? And, and what happens is because human beings are, we're prideful at the core, uh, we sort of like that. We feel better about what we have done if we get roughed up. Does that make any sense to you? Oh, some of y'all didn't like that a lot. Just, just meditate on that a little bit, all right? So we like to be roughed up a little bit because we feel better about what we maybe have done or are going to do. And so I would leave oftentimes from the sermons as a, as a young person thinking, good night, I'm awful. And I got to try harder. And so Monday I'd go out, man, and I would try as hard as I could. And I'd do all right on Monday, some, some Mondays. Then Tuesday would come and I would try as hard as I could and I'd fail and I'd fail and I couldn't believe I failed again. And on Wednesday I didn't want to, I'm not going to church Wednesday because I'm a failure. I don't fit in with those people. They're all perfect. I mean, they heard the message Sunday. They're probably all living it just right, you know. And so, I always left sermons with this, with this weight on me that, that it was all on me. I had to try harder to make the things of God produce in my life. And boy, that's the furthest thing from the truth. So, over the last years, God's really shown me that really what we're going to look at number one here is that where the change is found is in one simple, critical, continuing step, and that is draw near to God. Let me read, and then I'm going to just kind of talk a little bit about it, all right? Verse 19, therefore, brethren, therefore what? Because you've been made perfect in Jesus. Therefore, brethren, therefore what? All your sins have been forgiven. Therefore, hey, there's some motivation in that, amen. Not, not because you, you know, got what you wanted for Christmas, because by a year from now, you won't remember what you got. But because of this motivation, you've been brought into the family of God and forgiven of your sin by one sacrifice that never has to be made again. We should, number one, draw near to God. Why would I want to draw near to God? Because he has perfected me and he is sanctifying me a little by little. I didn't do it. He did it for me. So, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let me explain verse number 19. In the Old Testament temple, the holiest is another word. It's also referred to oftentimes as the holy of holies. Remember how the temple was designed? You may have no idea about that, but imagine this be the shape of a temple. You had segments where people could get, there was much separation. You had the outer court of the Gentiles. You had where the Jews could get closer to the temple. You had the priest who ministered inside the temple. You had uh, the place where the high priest, uh, where the priest would minister at the altar. Then the high priest would take the blood. And he was the only one that went behind the last veil into a room called the holiest of all or the holy of holies. The Ark of the Covenant was there, and without going into great detail, it represented the presence of God. So only He could go there. But now, the writer of Hebrews is saying, because of what Jesus did, we can, we can boldly enter the holiest of all. Where is that? Where the presence of God resides. Where is that? It's us. It's not this building. You couldn't boldly come in this building. You don't have to be afraid of coming in this building. This is nothing separate about this building, except for that we've asked God to bless it and meet with us here. Uh-huh. We, as the people of God, house the Spirit of God. Where we go, He goes. So we and we can do it boldly. We don't have to sneak in because, listen, as we read through Exodus, God's scary. Can I run that by you again? Ground open up and swallow you. You know, uh, kind of things you can't. What are you going to do? Write your congressman and say, hey, I, you know, I don't want the ground to ru- swallow me, but you, there's nothing you can do. So we see this. Bold. I can boldly draw near to God. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to I have to do this ceremonial cleansing. I can simply get alone and be quiet and get with God. Now, listen to what he says in verse 20. By a new and living way, which he consecrated for. We didn't do it, he did it for us. Through the veil that is his place. he did it with his own body. And having a high priest over the house of God, that being Jesus, let us, here it is. Here's our instruction, begins in verse 22. Let us, y'all help me, draw near. Let us draw near. Now notice that the term let us, in the, in the Greek is the term, the reason it translates into let us, it's a decision. Do you see that? Uh, Did you know that you'll have to make a decision every day if you're going to draw near to God? Did you know that you're not just going to go out about your day haphazardly without any game plan or intention and draw near to God? No. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a game plan, if you don't have some kind of intentionality, some kind of plan or or spiritual discipline in place, you know what will happen? You're going to get smoked. You're going to drift. Listen. You're going to drift from nearness to a dangerous place, a place where your thoughts and my thoughts start governing our our pleasures and desires start running the show, and what happens next is so very tragic. You know why it's tragic? It doesn't have to happen if we'll stay near to him, all right, so it says draw near. Let us, you gotta make a decision. I'm going to draw near, why? Because he's perfected me in the heavens. He's already sees me as perfect because he's, he's, he's forgiven all my sin and he did it through his death. So yes, I wanna draw near. Who, why would we not wanna draw near to him? Would you agree with me that there are some people in your life you would not like to draw near to? Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, mercy. Some people you don't want to draw near to, right? Some people you don't, listen to this, some people you want to draw near to, but you don't need to draw near to. Mm. But God, when you draw near to Him, you know what He says? He'll draw near to you. A couple of things I want to say in this particular instruction and in living the mission, drawing near to God. He is the source of our strength. If you imagine uh, taking your phone or any other chargeable object and to leave away from the, now we have some disputes in our house on what those things are called. The block, the cord, the charger, I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about? And there are some major disputes that happen sometimes, Uh, theological, well, not theological, but debates, if you will, about what they're called. Somebody will say, have you seen my charger? And in my mind, I estimate that to be the box because it does the charging. And they'll say, no, 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 I've been looking for my charger everywhere. And I'm like, well, I have not seen a charger. I'll say, now, there's a cord in there on the table. That's what I'm talking about. Some of you, that makes perfect sense to me. It doesn't charge. It's just a cord. But I guess the box can't charge without the cord. I don't know. Anyway. You understand that the object has no power, sustainable power, unless it stays near and plugged into the source of power. Uh, we're living more in a time now that we realize that. Come on, somebody. Even, hey, listen, there's some older among us. I didn't say old. There are some older among us who so you said you'd never have an iPhone and look at you. Huh? Now, you don't know what it'll do, but you got one, Huh? Now, the other part of that is, uh, what you have also found out is, that sucker will go dead on you in a little while, won't it? And the older it gets, the quicker it goes. Anyway, you understand the concept of staying near the source in order to complete the mission. The phone has a mission. It's to communicate. It cannot complete the mission unless it stays continually plugged in and close to the power source. That's what draw near to God means for me and you. We also cannot... We cannot live the mission unless we stay near to our power source. And that is not me and you trying harder. That is God himself. So he says, draw near. I want to live in you. I want to live through you. I want to give you the power to live this thing that I've called you to, not in your strength because you'll fail and you'll wallow in the guilt and shame, but I want you to draw near to me and we're going to enjoy the relationship together. And through that, I'm going to change you and empower you. Draw near. Let me just say this to you, our individual relationship with God will determine how we live the mission. Some of us, let me, let me explain that now, our individual relationship with God will determine how we live the mission. Some of us, uh, we spend no time with him, but we will serve, right? We like to do things with our hands. And what you'll find is people who don't spend time with him but just serve with their hands have a tendency to be, well, not as joyful, not as focused on the purpose of the event as those who come on somebody, who stay close to the power source. Uh, when you stay close to him, when you listen for his voice, when you spend time talking to him, when you're praying and listening, when you're journaling, writing down some of the things he's saying to you, then when you go cook for the homeless, then when you go give backpacks out, then when you go share door to door, you understand it's not about the event, it's about the mission. Oh, do you see the difference right there? Some of y'all are just like, light bulb just went off. So, draw near. That's our only hope to live this mission. And our relationship with him will directly impact how we live it out, okay, how we live the mission, all right? Let me just kind of make a couple more statements if I can. When we, listen to this, when we drift away, like a, you know how you used to go to the beach and you get on that raft and you, you look up and all of a sudden you can't see the shoreline, you know, and it scare you half to death? Well, you can, that happened to me one time and I'm still quite not, not quite over it. Um, but when we drift from God, we drift from the mission, Listen to me, church is not the mission. Going to church is the benefit and where you find strength and encouragement and instruction to live the mission. But it's not the mission. Uh, it's part of the mission, but it's not the totality of the mission. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down right now? Uh, so, living the mission is going to be, be directly related to how close I am personally. I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about my talk, I'm talking about my walk. How I spend time in the Word, how I pray and listen, how I pray and, and listen and, and speak and ask and, and lean into God. It's going to directly, I'm telling you, those kind of people are, they, you can't help but live the mission because the closer I am to him, the more he transforms me. Amen. The desires of our heart become what his are. And you know what his desire is? To seek and save that which was lost. Amen. By the way, that's why he saved you. That's, right. that's why somebody living the mission reached your heart. Amen. And it's why when that person got through them, reached your heart, you then joined the mission and when you said yes to jesus by the way it was a yes to follow me you said yes i'm 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 in the family now so i, I naturally have the mission i in. i'm in so uh, the mission becomes listen to this a lifestyle so we don't go on mission trips we live the mission see the difference Now, we will be assigned different places at different times. Did you know that about me and you? Yeah, sometimes you'll be assigned to one neighborhood, and God might might move you to another neighborhood. Uh, You might live in one state now, and he may assign you somewhere else. But wherever you go, he's assigning you, and that's the mission. You're living the mission, right? You may work here, and you've got a mission at work, and your mission is to live and share the gospel, make disciples, but then you may leave that workplace and go to another workplace. You may leave this country for another country, but you are being assigned. I am being assigned. I'm headed in February to Africa for 11 days. Me and Brian's going, going on a team of about 10 for some crusades and some wonderful but it's an assignment. It's not a permanent thing. It's a, it's a defined thing. Sometimes they're more permanent than others. But they're all part. We don't, we're not going on a mission trip. We're living the mission. We just happen to be on assignment that week in Africa. Does that make sense to you this morning? I hope you get this practical understanding of living the mission. Okay, so draw near to God. I'm going to move on quickly, okay, because y'all said, you said you're going to be quick, and this, you know, we're out of time already. We should then, James 4:8. write it in your notes. We should then live close and clean. L- listen to what he says in James 4:8. Draw near to God. And what would God say he'll do? I want you just to look at that on the overhead for a minute. Just let your eyes look on that and think about it. Process that in your heart. That God would even be willing to draw near to me and you. Because I told you, some people you don't want to hang around. And if you were as holy as God, uh-oh. I'd be on the list of people you don't want to hang around but god says terry if you'll draw near to me my response to that will be i'll draw near to you isn't that good i mean somebody like me so so then certainly somebody like you draw near and his response draw near and so we're walking close and oh goodness closeness to god is such a treasure Then he goes on to say in the same verse, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So in order for me to, what I can discern from that is, in order for me to draw near and to stay near, I need to be careful about cleanliness in my life. Now, not cleanliness and keeping your house clean. That's great and wonderful, but there's no verse to that, okay? Some people believe that's in the Bible. You know, cleanliness next to godliness. And it is in your heart, in your life, in your thought life, in what you do with your hands and where you go with your feet. Uh, you, you, you began to see here, he's saying to us, draw near, so stay close, but also stay clean. Stay clean. When, when sin's out there and the temptation comes, of, lean on the power of God. When you fall into temptation and you sin, confess it and move away from it. You see how that works? Staying close and staying clean. So continue. It's, it's continual. All right, I'm going to move on to some questions I'm going to ask before I go to number two. Here they are. Write them down somewhere. How well, here's what I wrote in my notes, how well am I living the mission? How well am I living it? We already all talked about them. Just jot them down somewhere. Here's another question I would, I would ask you. These two are going to be directly related. How well am I living the mission? Here's the second question. What kind of effort do I put into drawing near to God? You ever thought about that? Like how much effort do I put into drawing near to God? All right, let, let's, y'all look up now. We're not looking down the carpet. We're just talking through this thing, okay? What kind of effort do I put into? Do you ever miss meeting with God because of some other reason? Oh, I thought I was the only one. So you're tell me you telling me then, we're agreeing then, there's some things in your life that sometimes you get in a rush, you got to go to work, whatever, and you don't, you don't draw near, you don't meet with God. So what I want to say to you then is, what we can find then is directly related back to why most of us, so all of us have missed some opportunities in living the mission. Some of us have missed a lot, some of us have missed all of them. It's directly related to, it's what you're going to find out how much effort you're putting into drawing near to God. What if, what if this year, what if this year you miss something else because you wouldn't sacrifice meeting with God? What if this year the horses don't get fed till a little bit later because you can't, you, you, you got up a little late, but you've got to meet with God first? What if, what if this year, what if this year your lunch break, you just have to miss that lunch break because you, you know you're in a rush, you had to be at work early, and you, you, but you've got to meet with God. So you're not going to lunch, you're going to meet with God. You're going to sacrifice that. What if you really put the effort into meeting with God, drawing near to him, as you put into, you fill in the blank. What's your favorite thing to do? Why don't you think about that for a minute? What's your absolute favorite thing? You know, the thing that makes your eyes light up, things that you spend money on, you plan, you research, you love to do it, you just have a blast doing it. You know what that thing is? Just nod your head, I'm not asking. Some of y'all are like, I'm not telling. I'm not, I'm not asking you, all right, just relax. But you've got it, you've got to figure it out, what it is. What if you put that kind of effort and energy and investment into drawing near to God? I had a conversation with a man one time about, he asked me, he said, what kind of, what kind of Bible study tools would you recommend to me? And I, I mentioned some study Bibles and things. I said, but how serious are you? He said, I'm dead serious. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna know the word, I wanna know, know God. I said, well, I mentioned some Bible software to him, Logos, and, and I said, Here, here's a, and I said, but now listen, uh, to get a really good package now, you can get some base packages, but to get a really good package, you 're going to spend somewhere from 800 to 1,500 dollars. Now let me look at y'all 's faces for a minute, see if y'all were where he was. He liked to fell out. He said, "Are you kidding me, man? I was thinking like a $40 study, Bible. I said, "Let me ask you a question. How many rifles do you own?" Because I 'll meddle with you sometimes. I said, "How many rifles do you own?" He said, "I don't know. about 12." I said, okay, now that's, y'all, some of y'all, wow, that's loaded. to some guys in here. And gals in here. He said, 12. I said, all right, let, let me ask you your, your favorite one, which one he'd tell me. I said, all right, how much was it? He said, I got about $2,500 in that gun. I said, which will benefit you eternally this much? On the other hand, if you would take seriously drawing near to God and make that investment. Now, listen, I'm not telling everybody to go out and buy that. I'm just... I'm just giving you one illustration of how we, in our mind, think we're giving pretty good effort to draw near to God, and the truth is we really aren't. So what if, now that's, we can wallow there, we can wallow and feel bad and look at the carpet, or we can say, you know what, yeah, that's true. So what if, but let's, I I choose this, Let's, let's dream about the possibilities. What would our lives, what would our families, what would our gathering, this gathering we belong to, what would the world look like if we did? Wow, and, and the other thing is, who's holding us back? You ready? It's just us, that's all. So that's good news, okay? Uh, lastly, one more question, then I'm moving on. What will I do different in order to increase my efforts? Write that question and wrestle with it this next week. What will I do different? In other words, what's your plan? You're hearing some encouragement, you're hearing it straight from the Word of God, but now my question for you, and your, your plan is gonna be different than my plan, but what's your plan to increase your efforts to draw near to God? You need to, hey, by the way, it's hard to attain a goal if you don't have a, a plan, some kind of plan, all right? Roman number two, don't quit on Jesus. Don't quit on Jesus. Number one was draw near to God. Number two, I tell you, it's very simple. Don't quit on Jesus. As the kids are drawing something, you may be drawing somebody standing up close to Jesus, and that's where they're safe. Some child in the room may be walking, drawing somebody walking away from Jesus, and that's a very dangerous place to be. Draw near, that's where we find strength to live the mission. Number two, number two, don't quit on Jesus. Are you ready? Look at verse number 23 with me. You have time to write that? Yes? No? All right, I'm gonna wait just a second. Y'all just kind of looking at me. Everybody okay? All right, number two, number, verse number 23. Number two, do not quit on Jesus. Verse 23, here's what it says. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. By the way, who's the confession of our hope? Jesus. What is the confession about Jesus that is our hope of salvation? Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So that's the confession. And get this. It's the confession of the oldest person in the room's hope. It's the confession of the youngest person in the room 's hope. It's the confession of those over in Bangladesh. It's the confession of their hope over in Africa. It's the confession of every human heart. The confession of our hope is that Jesus is Lord, one sacrifice for all time, Jesus is Lord. But what he's saying here, the picture is, because we've been perfected in Jesus, in God's eyes, because down here we're being made more like Jesus, sanctified day by day, then we ought to draw near to God. But secondly, we ought to hold fast. And the picture here is somebody grabbing onto something and holding on to it with all their might, and even with help from somebody. Oh, and y'all know who that somebody is. Hold fast, so listen to what he's saying here. Hold on to Jesus the fact that he's risen from the dead, the fact that he's your Savior and he's your Lord. Hold on to that. Now, some of y'all look at me like, what in the world does that mean? I'm getting there. Just hang on. I'm building this thing. So there are days in our life when we let go of that truth, don't we? Somebody take you off out there. I can't use 49 anymore, and I can't use 55. They got them things flowing. It'll be, it won't be long, and we'll be, some will be starting over. But anyhow, back when 49 was all jacked up, uh, there's times when somebody cuts you off in traffic. And we have a tendency to let go of our confession. And we begin to live as Lord of our own life. You, you agree with that statement? Our, our confession begins to be, well, I know what Jesus did, but I'm about to show this person, they don't cut me off in traffic. In that moment, my confession is, Terry is Lord. You see that? Lord is the one who calls the shots. So in that moment, does that make sense to you? Remember the audience is, is, is that they're, they're, they're threatening to lose to walk away from, to, to say that Jesus is not the way of salvation. So, in essence, what he's saying is you, you've got to hang on to that truth. You've got to continue to believe that truth. You've got to continue to believe the two-part belief. You've got to believe it and live it. Hold on to your faith, all right? So, don't quit on Jesus. A couple of statements I want to make. Each of these things I'm about to mention to you will tempt us to compromise our confession. Okay, you ready? I want to jot them down. Each one of these I'm about to mention will compromise our confession, all right? What's our confession? Jesus is Lord. Here they are. Every single relationship in your life. Would you agree with that? Every single relationship in your life will tempt you to compromise Jesus Lord, right? Sometimes, we talked about it Friday night with the, with the couples. We can oftentimes be the reason that our other people, friends, spouses, don't glorify God. We can do that. But what we want to do is not. So here's what he says. Each of these is going to tempt us. Every relationship. How about this? How many young people in the room say sometimes school will tempt you to quit living for Jesus? Huh? Y'all already think about going back to school and you can't wait to get in the classroom and have the teacher, you know, make you be still. and, And school can tempt us to, I got some teachers in the house. You'll say sometimes that parents, I won't really say the kids, but parents can make you, tempt you to, compromise your confession that Jesus is Lord. All kinds of avenues of temptation to ease the standard that Jesus is the one calling the shots. Every relationship, school can do it, coworkers on the job site, huh, somebody, uh, at the office. Any of you got any difficult people you work with? And they can tempt you to compromise your confession. They want you to be Lord. They, 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 it's not the intent, but it's the, because we are fallen people in the fallen world, they will tempt you. We will tempt others to compromise their confession and be Lord of their own lives. Let me move on if I can, a couple things. How about people in the church? People in the church will hurt your feelings, you know that? It's a strange belief that we think that people, because we're inside this place and we, we say Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that we no longer have the capacity to hurt each other. That's ridiculous. Of course we do. Uh, so if you're looking for, by the way, if you're our guest today, if you're looking for the perfect church, you have again struck out there are none on planet earth until we get home. So that can be a temptation, right? Somebody hurt my feelings, say something to me, what have you, or whatever, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm Lord. I want to be Lord. I tell them whatever, and I'll avoid them, and I won't fellowship with them, and I, all kinds of stuff. Oh, I'm telling you, there's so many temptations to compromise our confession. H- how about How about illness? You get sick or chronic pain. I mean, they'll tempt you to compromise your confession. You won't be positive. You won't be sharing the gospel. You won't be making disciples. You'll spend your whole life complaining and fussing and unhappy all the time. How about, listen to this one. How about times of plenty? When the bills are paid and the boat's got gas in it. And what'll happen is we'll, 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 we'll compromise our confession that Jesus is Lord. And we'll stop living the mission and we'll spend all our life having temporary fun. I'm telling you, there's so many temptations to compromise the confession. They're all around us, some positive, some negative, but all lead to the same result. If we're not careful, they draw us away from the Lord, and when we're drawn away from him, we let go of our confession, and we start living as the one. And man, what a mess I make. What a mess I make. Let me give you a couple of verses, and then I'm going to move on, all right? John 6, 66, all right? Listen to this. It's one of the saddest verses in all scripture. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with Jesus no more. They quit on him. And some of us in here, if we look back over 2022, we, come on somebody, we quit on him. We quit living the mission. We let something compromise our confession. If Jesus, By the way, if Jesus is Lord, we live the mission. So we let something or somebody or some illness or some plenty or some blessing or some... I don't know what it is in my life and your life, but I'll tell you this, we let things come in and compromise our confession, and when we do, the me-man, the nature of Adam in me and you does not care about the mission of God. And so we just go to church here and there, you know? We just go to church here and there, if that. John 6, 66, they turned and walked away from him. Can you imagine what it's like to quit on Jesus? Here's my, here's my I want to ask you something. Have you quit on Jesus? Making disciples, you know, that's just his command. Make disciples. Have you quit on him? You say, well, I'll go to church. I didn't ask you that. That's the benefit, that's the blessing. That's where we get encouraged and strengthened. I don't wanna go through that again. Have you quit on Jesus? Some of us would have to say we never started. We can wallow, feel guilty and shameful, or we can see the potential. What happens if I'll, this year, hold fast? I'll hang on to my faith. I'll hang on to Jesus. I'll stay near to him, all right? Uh, moving on if I can. The next part of those verses is John 6, 67 and six, through 69. Listen to this. And so Jesus then turns to the 12, and he asks the questions. Do you also, you're reading with me? Uh, leave that up there for for just a second. Have you ever wanted to walk away from the mission? Thank God some of y'all are honest in here. I thought I'm gonna be the only joker in here that's, that's gonna say, you know, this year at least five times I wanted to walk away from the mission. But remember, it's not what we do, it's who we are. Uh. And Jesus asked the 12, and this ought to be our response. He says, do y'all wanna y'all, y'all to quit too? Do y'all wanna walk away? Do y'all wanna go back to fishing? Do y'all wanna just do church? I mean, what do y'all, y'all wanna do? Listen to what they said. I love this. But Simon Peter answered Jesus. Here's what he said to him. Lord, to whom shall we go? I mean, what are we gonna do with our life? Save all of our money? Retire and go tour the world in a RV? At the end of our journey, to stand before the high king of heaven with his nail-scarred hands and feet, and our, 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 our rewards to show him what we've done in response to all that he's done is to say, well, I saw a lot of beautiful places. I mean, where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do that compares to living the mission of making disciples? Someone said to me not too long ago, "Boy, the Christian life. I feel for sorry for you guys." I said, "Really? Well, tell me why." I said, Man, "If I need to be feeling sorry for myself, I need to know. Help me, you know." And he said, "Well, well, y'all have to do all this." I said, "Oh, no, 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 no. I get to do those things. I used to have to do some stuff that was really terrible." And I said, "Not only that. What else?" He said, "Well, you also, you also." And he and he just kept saying, "You, you gotta live this." I said, "Let me tell you something." I, he said, "You got a boring life." I said, "Are you kidding me? Y'all just come along for a little while. See how this thing unfolds." When you live the mission, friend, it's the most exciting journey you could ever be on. Some of you are missing that. You say, "Well, I've tried church, and it just really hit my." You've got to come to church with the idea of I'm coming to be encouraged and equipped and held accountable, so I can go out the doors and live the mission. Yeah. Yeah. When you do, I'm telling you, when you do, you get a little taste of it. You want more, and you want more, and you want more because it's his heart. It's his heart. So we draw near. We we we, we hold fast. We don't quit on him. I'm going to just say a little bit more. So, so Peter says, "Lord, where should we go? You have the words of eternal life. You've got the truth." Also, we've come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Let me make the statement, move on to number three. Do not give up on him. Listen to me. Do not give up on him. Listen. Because he'll never give up on you. Let me run that one by you again. Do not give up on him with illness or a difficult relationship or a cancer diagnosis or whatever the thing is that you're facing or or the season of plenty that may be headed your way in 2023 where all your bills are paid and you've got extra. Don't let that be the thing that causes you to quit on the mission. Don't quit on him. He'll never, listen, by the way, he's already proven he's never quit on you so far. And he never will. Number three, and finally. Ah, so here we're about to land the plane. Number three, be the reason others live the mission. Well, let me show you this in the scripture, write it down, be the reason others live the mission. So preacher, you tell me, it's not just, it's not just for me to live the mission. No, you and I are called to draw near to him. And then by drawing near, uh, we, our faith is stronger. And so we're able to, by his, by his strength and by his presence, hold on and not quit on Jesus in the mission. And then as we do that, we're reaching back and grabbing the hands of our brothers and sisters along the way and saying, now come on, don't you quit either. Don't you quit either. Some of us are going to grab the hands of others this year and say, it's not that they've quit, it's going to say, hey, it's time for you to get started. You've been, you've been soaking up the good ground and the nutrition that he provided. You're like that tree in the vineyard that's a user, not a producer. We're going to grab somebody's hands and say, now, come on. And we have to have a relationship to do that. Yeah. And so, we're going to grab their hands and say, come on, it's time for you to start producing. I'm going to show you how. Oh, some of us are going to have to, we're going to have to grab some people's hands that were used to be on the mission, but if quit on the mission and say to them, hey, you know, I remember you, a version of you. I look around this room and I think about, this thing would fill up about four times of everybody who's quit on the mission and for all kinds of reasons, you know, we're back in here and the kind of things that we could accomplish together. And so some of you are gonna have to remember those folks. I can't remember everybody and, and you're gonna have to go back and put your arm around them and say, hey, I remember a version of you that lived your life for the glory of God, that encouraged me, that that impacted others, and I need you, and I'm gonna sit right here and and, and I'm gonna encourage and stir you up to get back on mission. Let me show you it in the verse, all right? Put your eyes on verse number 24 and 25. Uh, So he says, "Our, our, our imperatives, let us draw near, verse 23, let us hold fast, our confession, and number 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and Good works. Now, love is the motivation for the mission. Good works is the mission. You see that? See how those go hand in hand? So, love is the mission. Why do I do what I do? Love. Love for who? Love for God, love for people. It's that simple. What are the two great commands? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as? Yourself. So, love's the motivation for the mission, all right? Now, the mission is going to involve some good works. You've got to do some things with your hands and with your mouth and with your head and with your heart that are going to be part of the mission. You have to. So, my question is, what will it be for you? What are you going to do this year to stir up to be the reason that the person to the left of you and to the right of you and in front of you and behind you gets on mission with God? Think about that for a minute. To me, it's exciting to know that, like, and, and I don't, this is going to sound bad, but y'all just go with me. If this was a room full of wet wood, it's not, don't listen, don't get upset. I'm just saying, if it was, or let, okay, maybe wet wood was a bad, bad illustration. A room full of, Wood that's not on fire. Okay. All right. We're getting better. And all of a sudden, a little spark over here, like Jeremy, a little spark. He, he decides, I'm going to draw near to God. I don't care. I don't care the cost. I don't care what I have to give up. I am going. There's one goal this year. I'm going to draw near to God. It's because the mission. If my goal is to live the mission, I'll mess it up. That's the cart ahead of the horse. It's got to be, I'm going to draw near to God. I'm just going to commit to draw near to God. And as I do that, I'm going to hold fast to that. And then God's gonna produce in me a desire to look around me. And then he gets on fire, and all of a sudden it goes over to Daniel and over to Samantha. I mean, it just goes all over. And all of a sudden, this neighborhood over here is burning white hot uh, for the for love of God and love of people and living the mission. And all of a sudden, one of these embers comes and sits over here in this neighborhood. And y'all do that sometimes, not often, but sometimes. In this neighborhood, you know, all of a sudden uh, we get a little fire back here. Kyle catches a little fire, he says, you know what? I got a family full of ladies that are looking to me to, to lead them and to love them well, and so I, you know what? The most important thing I can do this year is draw near to God. I'm gonna to have to give up some things, I'm gonna to have to reschedule some stuff, but my one goal, and then what I'm gonna do is hold fast, it's gonna strengthen my faith, and then I'm gonna reach along, and how can I, and, and he catches on fire, and he starts living the mission, and guess what, it spreads on over, and next thing you know, this neighborhood's on fire. And you see how this works? But all it takes is, that, is, is like one fuse to the other, for the fuse to be broken. Dan, you know where I'm going now, don't you? We lit, a, we lit a firework last night. We had like one big one at the end and we lit it. When we did, like it was a 12 shot or something, it shot twice. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he said, was that 12 shots? I said, no, I don't think that was 12 shots. And so, we had to go look, and What happened to the fuse had broken? So, you had two that, sh- that performed very well, two shots. You had 10 that didn't perform at all, all because the linkage you see that? The linkage, the connectivity was broken. Now, what's going to be imperative for you to be able to stir somebody up to live the mission is you've gotta be here. Connectivity, you, you gotta be here. Is anybody with me? You gotta be here when the doors are open. Somebody said, I was one of those church people, that, that, well, I gotta be because the doors are, yeah, if the doors are open, there's, uh, here's what that means to me, a door of opportunity. A door of opportunity to serve, a door of opportunity to grow in the preaching of the word, a door of opportunity to praise God with the family of God. all oh, so much opportunity when these doors are open. And you ought to be here. You with me when I say that? Now, I'm about to get serious for just a minute. Y'all ready? A lot of y'all had not been here very much. The new term of active church member is, in our day and time, get this, once a month. And it's why people say, "Man, I came in, I didn't recognize anybody." I said, "Yeah, it's a different group today. You know, it'll be a little different group tomorrow. There's a little core group, but everybody else kind of rotates." Now, if everybody caught the vision, everybody got on the mission, we'd have to do it like we'd probably have to go to four services of all of our people, you know. But I want you to think for a minute about the need for connectivity. You can't even begin to fathom the impact you can have if you'll just be connected. Let, let me give you where it is here in this verse. Look with me, twenty-four and twenty-five. Now watch how they go together. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So I've got to think about you. I've got to. I've got to spend some time praying and thinking. Okay, how can I? How can I motivate? Um, how can I motivate John to to live from love and and to do the good works of the mission? How can I do that? I got to be creative. How can I do that? I'm praying, I'm being intentional. That's the word considerate. It means to think. you got to think it through. You can't just show up and you've got to pray through. How can I encourage my wife, my, my husband, my kids, my mom, my dad? How can I encourage them to live loving God, loving people, and living the good works, living the mission? But, but number one, he clarifies for us in verse 25. We've got to be there. We could never think that we could impact change and, and connect, without being there. Look at, verse, look at verse 25. Not forsaking the assembly. Anybody read in verse 25 with me? Not for, sa- me and Brother Joey. I, hold on, I'm going to look up and see what was going on there because I was looking down. Are you, are you, it's on the overhead, y'all are looking up. Okay, y'all are with me? Okay, leave that up there for a minute. Here, here's what I'm about to say. Now, this is going to punch holes in somebody's ideology. Somebody in here says, I'm, I'm not one of those people who think you have to go to church to be saved. Well, of course not, that's ridiculous. Um, this building wasn't here when my salvation was purchased. Yeah. So, I don't come here to be saved, no. I come here because I'm saved. I gave the illustration to someone recently about two people getting saved on the same day. Fast forward five years down the road. You see one of them, nah, they like to party and drink, cut up, you know. Young kids are growing up seeing mom and dad do that, you know. The other person got saved on the same day, decided that church was a very integral part of their relationship with God, and so they committed, and they didn't forsake the gathering. They gathered and they gathered and they gathered. You look at those two people's lives at the, at, at the end of that five-year journey, and one radically looks like Jesus, and one looks like the rest of the world who does not know Jesus. Because the church, listen to me, you need to change the way you're thinking here church is the blessing and benefit of God It says, I'm going to provide a place for you to be instructed by the man of God through the Word of God. The preached Word of God is different than a small group setting. Those are very, very important. But the preached Word of God, it's not singing, it's not praise. uh, Praise team and worship, all those things are wonderful. It's Old Testament stuff that that we just bring in. It's not not necessarily ordained. It has to happen. But there's one thing about our gathering, one thing that's ordained of God that has to happen, that's the preaching of the Word. And so, That the commitment to that God does, Terry doesn't do something, or whoever the pastor is, God does something through the preaching of the word supernatural. That's why I say you kids need to be in here. He does something supernatural. I don't understand. He says he takes the, here's what he says, the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. And so I encourage you to be here. Now listen to what he says here because I'm going to give you one more little little point here and then we're going to close. If I'm going to institute change and encourage you to love God, and love people, and live that out, through good works. I've got to be here. I've got to be here. You've got to be here. If you want your kids to fall in love with they've got to be here. It can't just be every other Sunday. It can't just be Sunday morning kind of thing. It means I've got opportunity. I need to be there. I know sometimes you gotta work, you can't help that. That's not what I'm talking about. But when I'm just making a choice, we need to be here. Now listen, let me give you some word here that I gave them on Friday night. And that is, that word for forsaking, literally in the Greek, you know what it means? Some of y'all here, you need to say it. Abandon. Abandoned. That's what that word literally means, abandoned. <clears throat> my question for you in the, in the room, any of you in here ever been abandoned? Yeah, sure. yeah. You've been abandoned? You know what that means, to be left, you know? All right, by show of hands, how many in some particular relationship or situation you have been abandoned before? Whether it was just a one-time thing or it was a, a relationship thing, raise your hand if you've ever been abandoned? How'd that feel? I remember one memory of going to church with my family when I was young. And I've done it, you've done it. Mom and dad left, we just lived right down the road, and they left me there. Came out of RAs, y'all remember what RAs is? Oh, yeah. Sort of like trail life, but, but older for, for us older folk. And I came out, and the parking lot was empty. Mom and dad weren't there. And it was like probably 10 minutes before they got back, but that 10 minutes of abandonment, because that's what it was to me at 6, you know, 7. Don't you think about it? Maybe it was a spouse that abandoned you. Maybe it was a parent that abandoned you. Somebody abandoned you. It hurt, didn't it? Because, because their presence added some value or security to your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? In order to be abandoned, the only reason it hurt was because that person's presence provided something valuable. Is anybody with me? Something valuable in your life, something safe, something secure, something loving. and. Pl- So imagine this, Uh, how did you feel about the person who abandoned you? It hurt, didn't it? And usually hurt turns to, (laughs) bless our hearts, we won't just be sad, we get mad. But but our hearts were broken because somebody let us down. Now listen to what he's saying, somebody let us down, they let us down. Let's make application. I said there are gonna be things in in this life that are gonna tempt you to quit on Jesus, right? The first largest part is right inside here the nature of adam in us okay then the enemy's going to use all kind of stuff outside to try to play against that are you all with me so as this unfolds watch now he's going to try to tempt us away 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 so that we'll let go we'll say yeah well jesus is lord i mean i got a shirt does that really mean i have to like live that and he'll lure us away but if we'll listen if we'll decide if we'll if we'll say you know what I, i Here's what it looks like. In those moments when I get tempted, we say, it's no big deal because, you know, Satan lured me away. Okay, all right, I did the thing. And one or two things happens. One, I don't want to go to gather with the church because I'm reminded of what I've done wrong. Anybody you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've been there. Or, or somebody's there who ticked me off. You know, whatever the thing is that got us away, here's what happens. If I decide to say, y'all can keep gathering, but I'm not, I'm not. The word that I've been explaining to you is the word abandon. I just, if I decide, if you just let me turn it on you for just a second if I can. If you decided tomorrow, you know what, I, that guy ticked me off and they were in my seat and somebody was in my parking spot when I got there, and I know there are other things, but sometimes those are the things. You decided, I'm not going. You know, it's no big deal. They don't know my name. You know, they don't, they don't I'm, I'm not best friends with the preacher, so really what, you know, what, what does it matter? I'll tell you what matters. You just abandon the gathering. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving it to you right from Hebrews 10, 25. So what God, watch this, what God has gifted you by his Holy Spirit when you were born again is supposed to be plugged into a local gathering for the benefit and edification building up of the body. But if you take that gift away from the body, then the impact God intended your gift to have, your giftings to have, is no longer being had. And what you have just done, in effect, is not just about you and your hurt feelings or whatever reason you're isolating, feeling guilty for what you've done, whatever. It's not just about the impact it's having on you. It's on the fact that you've abandoned the people, the gathering, God's children. He gave me and you a gift, not for us just to house the gift and say, boy, I love this gift, but to take the gift and plug it into the bunch of other gifts and help each other live the mission. Glory to God. Isn't that beautiful? See, somebody lied to you and told you you didn't matter. Said you missed two weeks because you had surgery nobody knew about, and and nobody called you, and you really don't, you're not that big, you know, you're not important. You're critical. Listen to me. You're critical. What I know is we're not doing what we could do. We're not achieving what we could achieve. People aren't being built up the way they could be built up. If you would come back home and see it as, you know, it's not just about me. But when I pull myself away, I have, what's the word y'all say with me? A band, I want you to get that before you leave here because it'll transform how you think about gathering and the fact that you're not just coming to get, but you're coming to give. It may be your word of encouragement, maybe the way that you smile and talk. It may be the fact that you get on the rotation and help with the nursery. It may be the fact that later on, you don't even know it, but you may be called to missions or you may be called to uh, serve somewhere overseas. You may be called to serve somewhere here in the United States. I don't know. You may be called to preach. I don't know, but I know this. He's gifted you for purpose. And there's a mission. And we're on the same mission. Different giftings, different platforms, but we're all on, come on, somebody help me, the same mission. So let's, three things. Ready? Three things. Number one, let's draw near to God. Number two, let's don't quit on Jesus. Let us not quit on Jesus. And number three, let's be the reason somebody else lives the mission. Let them look to you and say, The reason I'm faithful and committed to serving the Lord is because I know Frank, and Frank is plugged in and loves God and living the mission. So I'm going to go and I'm going to be a part of what God's doing. Oh, I'm so thankful that He's forgiven me and invited me into His family. Let me just say this. We ought to be a good example. We ought to be positive and encouraging as we go along the year. Now, let me just conclude, if I could, by saying this, all right? ask you to bow your head with me for just a moment. Will you do that? Just for a moment. Got all your stuff packed up and slid over to the side so that you can just sort of get still and get quiet with God. Now, I'm going to just kind of top that last point by saying this. We need you. We need you. We need you fully committed, living the mission. We need you. The youngest person in this room, you think, well, I'm just a, you know, I'm a kid. I'm a third grader. He could be talking to me. Oh, yes, I'm talking to you. We need you. We need you serving. We need you encouraging mom and dad to live the mission. We need you. Somebody in the room is saying, "Well, yeah, you know, I used to do that, but I've gotten a little older now, and I can't get around like I used to." We need you. There's so many different opportunities for you to serve with what you have. We need you. I want to make this statement to you. Ready? I want you to hear. It. Let it resonate in your heart. Don't abandon me. Don't abandon me. Don't leave me to this work by myself. And I'm not. I'm, I'm using. I'm saying me, but you understand. I'm talking about the person to the left and right of you, the person in the front of you and behind you. Don't abandon us look up here on these front rows and see all these young people, youth and children. Don't abandon them. I think about all the different areas that we're able to serve. Don't abandon us. I see the seasoned saints in the room. Don't abandon us. I see the young adults in the room that are striving to raise children amidst this this fallen world. Don't abandon them. Don't abandon me. Here today, and you've never given your life to King Jesus, I can think of no better time than now. You see, because yesterday's over, and we're not promised tomorrow, but we have right now. So if you're here and you've never, in your life, you go back and look and you think about the days of your life, and you can't go back to a place where you began the journey by confessing Jesus as Lord. You know, trusting that He died one sin, I mean, excuse me, one sacrifice for all sin. That he rose from the dead, and you invited him to come and be Lord, and you laid down and surrendered and said, Lord Jesus, come. And if you hadn't done that, let me just tell you something. There's no better time than right here, right now. The scripture says this now is the time, and today is the day of salvation. So, would you come to Jesus today? I didn't say, come to Hickory Ridge, I didn't say, I said, come to Jesus today. As humble as you know how, with your head bowed right where you're seated, you could do it just like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me that way. Now would you, would you come and be the Lord of my life? Just that simple, if you mean it with your whole heart. Lord, I don't want to be the boss of me anymore. I don't want church, I don't want religion, I don't want 12 steps, I don't want 25 rules. I want you, Jesus. His word promises if you'll do that, if you mean it with your heart, that he'll save you, bring you into the family, wash all your sin away. When you come to Jesus today, there's some of the altar already praying. I believe there are others that will just come and pray for lost people. You can slip out of your chair and do that. Brian and Gerald already making their way down front. If you feel compelled with the Holy Spirit to come down and ask one of these men to pray for you, or you might want to come tell them, hey, you know what? I was back there on road number 17 on the left-hand neighborhood, and today I gave my life to Jesus. You can come tell them. They'd love to pray for you and encourage you. Maybe there's some families in here that want to begin the new year at the altar. A husband may take his wife, or a young person may take their parent and say, just come down. Just come pray silently together at the altar. Pray out loud. How you feel led of God? And just give you some freedom to move around how you feel, led. Maybe there's some youth in the room. Come pray for their parents or pray for some friends of theirs they know that are struggling. I encourage you to come. Just make your way out of your row there and just come on down. Begin to pray. Oh, what a way to start a brand new year. If you keep doing the same things you've been doing, you'll keep getting the same things you've been getting. On. I see families coming together and praying. That's a wonderful, what a beautiful sight. What a way to begin this year. I want to invite the rest of you out there if you would to stand with me. Could you do that? There's some people who won't get up because they have to kind of bump you around. If you stand up, and make room. There's some others I believe that want to come down to the altar. Somebody out there is scared to death. You don't have to be. The lights are turned down. Nobody's gonna come talk to you. You can unless you find one of us, but you can just come down maybe for the first time of your whole life, come down to the altar and just. Heads bowed, and eyes closed, down in the congregation. Let me ask you this, all right? With nobody looking around, if you're here today and you just can't find the courage to come down, but you've invited Jesus to be Lord, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come find you. But I just want to ask you to slip your hand up. I just want to, I just want to celebrate a little bit. If that's you, would you do that? I'm just going to glance around as the lights are down and lift your hand right up. Oh, I see, I think I see a hand there. Any others? I see you there. Just slip it a little higher if you could. Anybody today said, "You know what? I wanted Jesus Christ. I made that right." Just don't have right now the courage to come down in front of everybody just know this is not too late we're just going to hang out and pray for a minute if that's all right with y'all we're just going to hang out and pray for a minute just keep praying where you are come down the altars i love to see this altar full like it is this morning what a great place to begin the year I'm gonna wait just a moment okay maybe it is that god's been stirring in your heart that you're supposed to join this gathering you, you all last year you just kept putting it off kept putting it off I encourage you today. If that's what He's leading you to do, then be obedient. Just come on, come down, talk with Brian, talk with Gerald, talk with myself in a minute. Just come on down. Say, hey, yeah, I need to make it. Hey, I know you probably think I'm I'm a member, but listen, God's told me I need to make it official. Maybe there's somebody in the house this morning who's followed Jesus, trusted in Him, but never followed through in baptism, never gone public. Maybe what a way to start the year. Say, I want to, I want to make it public by being baptized. Would you come share that with us so we can help you with that? In just a minute, we're going to lift our voice in song. I encourage you to stay in prayer at the altars, in your chair, however you feel led. Those that feel led to join in song, you join in song. If the Spirit is stirring as we sing, you just continue to move. Leave your seat. If there's something you need prayer for, some, some, something in your life, if you've made Jesus Lord, if you've got some questions about that, come find us. So Father, we bless you and we thank you for today and we ask you, Lord, to continue moving. Please, God, I see your, your spirit stirring. Please continue stirring. Help us to stay clean and close and live the mission, Father, in Jesus' name.